The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. This is Arun Sudharman, Editor-in-Chief at Provoke Media, and we are very lucky to be joined today by Aman Gupta, who's co-founder and managing partner at Strategic Partners Group, otherwise known as SPAG. Aman, how are you? Very well, Arun. Thanks a lot for having me here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be a part of this media podcast. It's your first podcast, I believe. It, it is my first podcast. I think till now I have reserved most of my commentary in a form of either being part of the webinars or you know writing articles. So, you know, really excited and I would say a bit jittery uh, on this stuff. <laughs> Um, and also just, you know, one you know, in which you are aware of that is, you know, the SPAG now is uh, SPAG is a Fin Partners company. So of my course. new Indeed. role is uh, Managing Partner Health Asia, apart from managing Fin Partners wow. in India. Yeah, indeed. Yes, it was it was big news. Um, and hopefully your first podcast will be relatively painless. Um, thanks for coming on. We're, we are going to talk today about some of the big changes uh, we have seen as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, we've talked about the implications and impact of the pandemic in many different ways, actually. But we had tended to focus actually on the impact uh, across the board, across corporates, um, across different kinds of companies. Uh, but today we're going to talk about your area of expertise, um, which is the impact on healthcare, the impact on health systems, uh, and in particular, this idea that um, the pandemic has really highlighted how fragmented healthcare systems are. It has um, demonstrated the burden on patients. And perhaps it has reminded everyone uh, of the value of communications within within that kind of equation. Um, so I wonder if you could we could start by, if you could perhaps set the scene for us. I mean, when you say that health systems are fragmented... Um, how have we seen that from the pandemic and what, what, what does that mean from a communications perspective? Uh, thanks, Arun. And I think, you know, the, the topic which we are conversing today, uh, I think it sh we should have been discussing over the last, you know, so many decades. Uh, because let's be real, health is the core to the mankind per se. You know, a healthier world and healthier planet is something which will have its implication on everything, whether it's our economy, whether it is our trade. So we need to look at health as a top priority. So the health of the humanity, the health of the planet, the animal health, all of this sort of comes together. And if we really need to be the, the future and a humanity which survives the future and is able to thrive you know, on this planet Earth, uh, health has to be a, a kind of a core area of focus for us. Now, if we just look at where we are currently, in the past, the most of the focus of the health systems was to focus on three stakeholders, uh, people who will benefit best from the medication or from the healthcare per se, which in largely this case will be the patients. Uh, the second will be your physicians, you know, people who are part of the delivery ecosystem who are say our so-called subject matter experts who would you know, help make that decision in terms of what kind of a care what kind of medication needs to be provided and and third is the investors you know the people who uh, 
you know, the companies who are investing into these solutions has to report back into. So those were the three people and communication needs to play a role to ensure that are we touching base with each of these three stakeholders, getting them the right information and, and really trying to push saying that if there is a new innovation, are these people you know, getting that you know, innovation per se? What has happened is that things have changed. You know, apart from these three, we have most stakeholders who have a key role to play in ensuring the access to care happens. So you have the payers, uh, which is a huge stakeholder group, like who is paying for it? And second mm -hmm. is my regulators. In terms of every economy, the regulators are different, the regulations are different. Third is your influencer groups like patient advocacy groups. You know, in the last decades, you know, we have the rise of the empowered patient and the patient advocacy groups who would like to put their point of you know uh, perspective in front of the stakeholders. And then of course mm -hmm. you have the policy makers who are defining what kind of health systems shall we be focusing on and few more stakeholders. So the, the stakeholder ecosystem has changed. And what has happened in that particular case is that if you need to ensure that access to care happens, you need to connect the dots. And it's very important that each of these stakeholders are conversing with each other. Because if they mm -hmm. are not talking to each other, the quality, the cost, and the outcomes of the healthcare will get depleted, or it will be sub, you know, kind of, a, you know, subpar. And that's what mm -hmm. impacts the patient. So when I, when we say the health ecosystem is fragmented, what we are saying is that these stakeholders are not talking to each other, there's are, are not a collaboration which is happening. And therefore, mm -hmm. from a communication perspective, what's very important is that how do we help them navigate this complex ecosystem? How do you ensure you're able to get them to talk to each other and ensure that they are going not in the silos with their own kind of uh, a limited view, but they're looking at a much more broader view and they're able to say for focus on what shall be the right priority, which is to ensure that we are able to deliver health, we're able to make that accessible, and we're able to build a healthier societies. Mm. And what are the risks um, if all of these different stakeholder groups aren't talking to each other? What, what are the kind of negative implications of that kind of an approach? So let's say for example, if I am a, a patient and I am given a prescription, and Arun, you might have sometimes sort of seen this in your own perspective, and I go to a pharmacy, and I'm depending upon whether I'm going to a pharmacy in the US or I'm going to a pharmacy in the Europe or in Asia, uh, there might be a possibility, the pharmacist might say that the drug which you have been prescribed, that either it's not available to me, or in a particular mm. case, the payer does not you know, give you the access to this particular drug. So I will have to give you either a different prescription or you will have to pay for yourself, right? So depending mm -hmm. upon what is the experience I may have, so what is happening is what I am supposed to get it, what is supposedly the right prescription or the right treatment, I may not get access to the right treatment option. And I may be, there might be a switch which happens at certain point of time, or might be given a kind of a non-medical, you know, switching which might be happening. That's mm -hmm. what's resulting is in terms of the quality of care uh, might be mm -hmm. going down. 
my health outcomes may not be what I'm kind of expecting. And therefore, also the overarching cost of health being delivered goes up. So if they're mm. not talking the basic uh, philosophy of what health should be, which is my quality, lower cost and ensuring my outcomes are the best, all three of them will get impacted in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the burden falls on the patient um, it does. or on the person. And as a an agency, as a, as a communicator who's very active in this space, um, how can you work to try and connect all of these groups more closely? I mean, are you working more often than not on behalf of specific types of groups? Um, are you seeing kind of specific examples of, of greater cooperation in this area? Well, I think more than an agency, I think as a role of a health communicator, I personally believe it goes beyond just the the mandate, what we get from our clients. You know, we anybody who is in the health communication, they have a much larger purpose to mm. build a healthier society. Uh, and I think that's when I am conversing with the leadership across the overarching healthcare continuum uh, across across the globe, what we are uh, asking the decision makers is to ensure that the communication should be part of your strategic thinking and it should not be a kind of an afterthought. So if I am focusing mm-hmm. on a particular therapy or if I'm focusing on a particular solution, then the role of the communication starts from from the day I would like to sort of go and innovate into something. Because I need to understand therefore what, who are the stakeholders who will be my decision makers, who are the people who will play the role of the influencer, who are the people who might be mm. kind of a barrier in able to you know ensure the access to the care is happening. What are mm. their perceptions? Okay. What are their attitudes? Now, this is the conversation which we found not happening uh, so often as it should be happening. And then Mm -hmm. when you have a solution, it's kind of an afterthought that because now we have a solution and it's still going to what I said in the beginning, the traditional thing, I'm going to talk to the patient, you know, I'm going to talk to physicians and I'm going to investor. That is a very siloed approach. It's a very myopic approach. We need to look at all the stakeholders, understand their perceptions, their attitudes, their behavioral patterns, and then starting engaging with them much before you bring in a solution into the market. And therefore, mm-hmm. and, and you have to ensure that you are building communication ecosystem. It's not just about sharing the news. You have to provide a communication ecosystem where the information is available and accessible in the language, in the format which the different stakeholders are able to you know, get as and when they want it and are able to get the information mm. which they're able to understand also. So this is not just about saying, I'm going to run a mm. campaign because I have a solution. The role of the communicator, whether it is an agency or in-house, has to be in the boardroom along with the leadership to say, we have a much larger purpose to play. And that purpose is about what our solutions and if my solutions are sustainable, we also need to understand that it connects back to the larger corporate uh, purpose of am I being true to environment? Am I sustainable? You know, what am I really doing at the ESG level? Sure. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but it sounds like, I mean, the mere fact that you have brought this up makes it sound like it's not happening often enough. Uh, do you... Um, 
Do you see much evidence of this kind of collaboration? Do you feel confident that it will happen more in the future? Do you do you think that these different groups are keen to collaborate more? Okay, so I think the it's happening to some extent. So mm-hmm. there is it's not a a completely a kind of a you know, lost hope per se. I think there are uh, we do see organizations, we do stakeholders sort of coming together. Uh, to have this kind of a conversations um, happening. Having said that, I think there is still a long way to go. You know, it is something which should be part of the corporate philosophy or a corporate thinking or stakeholder mm-hmm. thinking. So, and I'm not just putting it on the private sector. I think it has to be at the at the government level. It has to be at the patient level. It has to be at the payer level. Every stakeholder needs to realize that they cannot work in isolation. They need to work mm-hmm. collaboratively with the other stakeholders if the core purpose of building a healthier society is, you know, is something which they are envisioning. Uh, so that's yeah. part one of it. Now, if we just look at from uh, a future perspective, I think what gives us a more hope is there are technological interventions which are happening. And these technological interventions are trying to bring these conversations together. You know, there are uh, organizations which have tried to look at this as a problem statement and say, can technology be an enabler in bringing these conversations together? We are currently, let's say, working with you know, a certain set of clients uh, in Asia who are trying to use technology to say that when our information gets transitioned from one layer to the another, the information is seamlessly transferred and the care of the patient is sort of you know, taken properly. Just to sort of give you an example, mm-hmm. when you, let's say, move from an emergency room into a normal room, mm-hmm. there has to be a proper transition of the information for the patients, you know, and everything. Right. And looking at the the lack of health infrastructure, which came out during the COVID, we do figure out that there is times when the information is not seamlessly passed on, and it can therefore have a, an impact on the patient and the care being provided. I think this is where, how do we need to invest into the health and the role of communications to say this is important, right? It has to be sort of brought right. out again and again. And that's where I think we sort of can, yeah. can play a role. And it has to be something which is kind of, you know, seen as the way that climate change is being considered. Because, you know, climate change again mm. is seen as uh, an area where everybody has to come together to mm. you know, make a difference. But we do realize that the climate right. change has an impact on health. And if you look at the mm-hmm. fact that there are floods happening in a Pakistan, or if you have a raging fires happening in, you know, in, 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 a, in the California side of it, each of them will have an impact on the health. So mm-hmm. health is not in isolation. It is connected to every other aspect of our planet. And corporates which sure. are in the health needs to be focused, but corporates and stakeholders which are not even connected to the health directly has an equal responsibility to say what can be done to strengthen uh, our health mm. ecosystem. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it's more like it's everyone's responsibility. And I think everyone is far more aware of that. If we're talking specifically about Asia, um, obviously you have a lot of complexity here, whether geographic, uh, socioeconomic, language, different levels of of technological maturity um 
kind of understanding of healthcare issues in general varies wildly, for even within countries and then from from one country to another. Um, you know, I could imagine a healthcare communicator looking at that and concluding it's actually it's too difficult to bring everyone together and to do it su sustainably and consistently and effectively across all these markets. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, Harun, you, you rightly said Asia is is a very complex uh, geographical ecosystem. It, it's it's not one geography per se. It, it's multiple mm -hmm. geographies just sort of coming together in a one larger land, uh, you know, space per se. And uh, I think that has always been our guidance to our clients and organization who we work with uh, across the globe that when you look at Asia, you need to look at Asia, not just as a, a, a one uniform geography, but you need to understand the, the diversity and the uniqueness which Asia has to offer. Just the fact that, you know, two thirds of the world's population is in Asia, 50% of landmass is in this part of the world. And mm -hmm. um, some of the biggest economies you know, if I look at the top five economies per se, I think two or three of them will be in Asia, you know, whether it's Japan yeah. or China or in India. So the time of Asia is now. And if the global organizations which are looking at what the future is, uh, that, you know, they have to ensure that they understand Asia. And when you have to understand Asia, you need to work with individuals and organizations who are embedded in Asia and who understand the as you rightly said, the socio-economic diversity which is there, mm -hmm. the language diversity which is there, the health infrastructure diversity which is there, right. the cultural. health financing diversity is there, the mm -hmm. cultural diversity which is there. And and therefore, and when we as the healthcare specialist, you know, communication advisor to our clients, you know, we would look at a, a much more structured framework to say who you're where you're sort of trying to go you know we need to understand what success looks like to you and within mm -hmm. that day for looking at each geography we try to define who my stakeholders are we do enough research and insights to find you know behavioral patterns we understand you know the uh, the backgrounds and attitudes of the people and accordingly develop the right kind of you know messaging you know, we as and you would have heard me sort of talking about is that we believe ourselves as a channel agnostic or an omni-channel, you know, agency. You know, we need to look at channels the way our audience are consuming. Besides mm -hmm. that, I think the the other part which you know we we believe that we are not just a a kind of a go-to agency, you know, who would do what you're asking us to do, but we have believed in being part of the health ecosystem. And so therefore, yeah. we take upon ourselves to come out with insights. We take upon ourselves to shape what the future would look like. So whether it is our healthcare comms report in the, in the past or the recent conversation which we are seeing in terms of what is really you know uh, are the focus area for different stakeholders, and mm -hmm. we would continue to look at you know such kind of a partnerships with the the organizations where we can all come together uh, yeah. to really you know ensure the this fragmented health ecosystem, we are able to get them to talk to each other and build a much more robust healthy, you know, healthcare infrastructure where they're talking to each other and at least ensuring that the the outcomes and the cost 
and the quality is kind of taken care of because that's what is required for the planet. And uh, if we don't, then of course, you know, we have, we know we have had one pandemic. It's not saying that we may not have, but more than the pandemic, it's about the fact that we need to ensure that the health is delivered to the people in the best possible way. We have the right mm -hmm. technology, we have the innovation. What is required is a more seamless collaboration amongst different stakeholders. Yeah, sure. Is there enough trust uh, amongst different groups? Um, and I ask this question because, not, not to put um, pharmaceutical companies necessarily under the spotlight, but whenever we talk about healthcare, we have to talk about, I think, you know, the tr trust in big pharma, number one. And also, you know, as, as we've seen from the pandemic, um, it really has, I think, reinforced government's role as the kind of trusted uh, broker, the kind of ultimate arbitrator when it comes to providing healthcare information. Um, do you feel that now, you know, here we are two years later, I think uh, initially there was a lot of goodwill towards pharma companies. Um, do you think that's helped in terms of trust or do, or do you think we're actually, uh, we, we're, we're beyond that and it, it's going to remain a challenge once again? So I think in terms of definitely the, in the the pharma and the health tech industry rose up to the occasion when the COVID uh, sort of hit you know, the, the humanity per se. They sort of went, you know, uh, way beyond to ensure, you know, uh, drugs are accessible, that, you know, we have access to the health technologies as it is required. We saw innovations happening because, you know, for whatever the gaps which were in the health infrastructure. So it mm -hmm. definitely lifted the... Uh, the persona of the industry mm -hmm. and that i think is an opportunity which still exists for this mm -hmm. industry uh, but they need to continue to ensure that they uh, you know they don't lose on this particular path you know so they mm -hmm. need to as i said in the beginning they need to look at not just saying i'm gonna you know kind of innovate and put out a pill in the market and my role is complete mm -hmm. We need to ensure that it's not just innovating uh, a, a kind of a pill or a tablet or a new health technology, but ensure also that we work closely uh, with the regulators, the payers, the patient advocacy groups, so that the access to what you have, you know, built uh, is made available. Because we have enough innovations. Sometimes the access becomes a key challenge, and for mm. that, thinking the role of the comms from the beginning and at this mm -hmm. particular stage, I think this is a huge opportunity for this industry to showcase what they are able to offer and what their larger purpose is. So they do have mm -hmm. a very good kind of a thinking in terms of if I look at the leadership of any of the top biopharma or a health tech company, their intent is in the right direction. You know, they are sort of thinking in the right direction. It's just that they are not communicating enough or they're not able to explain their purpose to their stakeholders and getting them to sort of you know saying i'm the one which is a, you know will act as a catalyst to take you all along with us in the larger goal of ensuring we build a healthier world and on the part of the consumer do you see a change in expectations as a result of the last two years do you see any any significant changes um, and how do you see that impacting 
the way that patients or, and or consumers view, for example, pharmaceutical companies, um, public health, uh, e- even even payers and regulators, um, because you would imagine that after such dramatic events, um, there will be some changes. So, uh, so let's look at consumers in its large, you know, in its totality. You mm-hmm. know, uh, because health is just not uh, about treatment; it's about, you know, having a healthier society. So it's sort of about, you know, am I able to sort of, you know, understand my, you know, health needs from the beginning, so level of awareness which I have about my health needs to my uh, ability to go and get myself diagnosed in case I feel there is something wrong to getting the right experts advice to then of course treatment management you know and so and so forth so so the consumer at, at every stage uh, is you know health sort of has a role to play there uh, I won't say just the two years I think over the last um, couple of years the consumers have become much more informed and mm-hmm. much more empowered who are trying to sort of say that I need to be part of decision making Mm-hmm. From the past, where I would just take the expert counsel from my medical doctor on its face value, they are now much more involved into decision making. Uh, they do their own research, they do their own conversation amongst peer to peer. And uh, I think that is a huge opportunity. So it's not in any way, I would say, is a uh, is, is a negative because you know when you have a more informed consumer, uh, they are able to take a much more better choice in terms of what's right for them. This is where, if the organizations are bringing in in your solutions, you know they can engage with them to inform and educate uh, so that they can make the right informed decisions. It's similar with the policy makers and regulators as you take you know policy. Uh, decisions, you know, having these people as a part of your thinking process, you know, as a part of the larger policy making, you have, you know, groups which are, we should have a seat on the table who should be working closely with the policy makers to ensure that your policies are aligned to the needs of the consumer and the patients. And as you look at investing Mm -hmm. into what shall be my future health infrastructure ecosystem should look like, such kind of you know individuals and organizations can help define what shall be the priority and specifically across the globe i won't just say asia every geography is very different mm-hmm. their needs are different because they are at a different stage of evolution on their healthcare. there are which may be very uh, evolved so for example if you look at japan as a market it does has a strong health infrastructure but their uh, challenges are now very different so, you know, you have an aging population, you know, the access to the expert advice is limited. So you have a different challenge or, you know, the cost of delivering healthcare is going up. So how do you, you know, the, the policymakers are now trying to understand what can I really do to reduce that aspect of it? You know, if mm-hmm. I therefore look at uh, a different market, you know, let's say in Indonesia, it will have a very different channel. Or if I look at, mm-hmm. you know, markets in the Europe or the U.S. So the thinking here is that you need to work along with these people and they are becoming much more informed they want to be mm-hmm. part of a decision making and again you know sort of going back to having a communication ecosystem you know where you're able to converse with them in a manner in a time and on a platform which they're able to get would only help us strengthen the health ecosystem mm. 
All of this depends on information flow. Uh, You talked about how consumers are doing their own research now. Sometimes that's not such a good thing, right? I think we're all quite familiar with the WhatsApp forwards, um, the, the dubious information that is passed around, and we've seen so much of it over the past couple of years. And, all, you know, the cumulative effect of that is that it undermines trust in these health systems. So how big of a threat is that and how can it be effectively tackled? So uh, it, it is a, a big enough threat and we you know, saw, and I think we at um, SPAG Finn uh, were at the forefront of this issue during the COVID time when we worked with WHO. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole science of you know misinformation rumors, which is now one of the key public health challenges as it has come in, is because of the, not the lack of information, but the abundance of information and how our inability sometimes to filter out what is factually correct versus mm-hmm. what might be a rumor or a misinformation or something which we cannot trust. Now, that's something which is true because of the kind of an open systems which we have, you know, whether it's the social media, peer-to-peer conversation through platforms like WhatsApp or you know Google. Now, those platforms are there for the goodness of the larger humanity. What's mm-hmm. required is that we need to take a conscious call, as you rightly say, the information flow through trusted sources is, informa- is important. So the, the stakeholders has to sort of invest into building those platforms, you know, where the information is available. Like if I mm. look at an Asian, I say, if I want to know about a certain disease condition, you know, I, I don't need to have a certain digital ecosystem where I have a trusted information but also we need to educate the the larger consumers that while you can access information to be more informed and more educated you do need to have a conversation with the subject matter experts you know so you cannot take health in your hand right be more informed mm-hmm. which is very very important so if we just look at it you know i won't say it's a parallel example but you know the larger issues of you know uh, which right now i saw google sort of running this whole campaign about educating the people about that don't open a particular link if it's coming from unverified sources or you know a couple of months back when it was about the whatsapp sort of talking about that you know verify the authenticity of information before you sort of forward i think organization needs to do a much more aggressive and a much more sustained campaign to educate the people so that when they are sourcing information or they're trying to be educated and sensitized about their own health, they they are able to make a meaningful distinguish between what is factually correct and what may not be there and also ensure that they collaborate with the SCP. So, you know, it brings that to the fight of, you know, fragmentation because if everybody is running in their own silo, then we will have these challenges. My outcomes will not be there because a consumer is thinking that I got information and information I have mm-hmm. is correct. So I'm more imp- empowered to take health in my own hands, but they need to collaborate with the HCP and HCP needs to collaborate with others to sort of say, do I have all the information to provide the right choices to yeah. the person who has come to me to seek health? Yeah, it, it seems to me that we can't exclude, you know, the, the platforms and the news sources from, from oh, yes. health systems either, right? Because they're so critical to how people get information. And, and you know, this is probably a whole other conversation, I imagine. But 
um, you know, we, we, we've seen Facebook and, and, and even Twitter to some extent try to try to tackle the, the, the misinformation around healthcare, but much harder to address on private messaging platforms like WhatsApp. But I, I suspect that is a conversation for another day. Uh, Aman, thanks so much um, for your time. It's really interesting. And, and I really hope that we will see uh, progress here because I feel like this is something that um, in the comms industry, you know, we often focus on on specific actors and specific issues without always looking at the bigger ecosystem, uh, as, as as you have done today. So thank you very much again, and hopefully thanks, we'll, we'll get Arun. you back and, on. Uh, thanks, Arun, and thanks for taking up this subject because, as you know, this is something which is very close uh, to me personally and very close to SPHF. And I think as a as a as a global organization, uh, mm-hmm. we are very much invested uh, in the fact that we need to be you know playing a more important and a more critical role in strengthening yep. our health ecosystem and uh, i think uh, you know conversations like this could help uh, at least move the needle to some extent indeed indeed i hope they can thank you thank you Aaron. take care you've been listening to the provoke podcast Brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.